Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. New York baseball is back. It took long enough. Mid-May. As we approach now, what? where are we here even on the count? May 19th. It's May 18th still on this now Thursday night. But, you know, mid-May, and finally we got both teams looking like we expected them to look coming into the year. We'll start with the Yankees because that game just finished up. We'll get to the Mets in a little bit. We'll take your calls on either the Mets or the Yankees. I mean, if you want to talk about something else, I'm up for that too. I watch VPR, so I'm all ready to go on that as well ahead of the reunion. Three-part reunion show. Fired. I mean, I can't wait. I'm all fired up for that. And the New York baseball. Uh, but 877-337-6666. And we said it yesterday going into this game for the Yankees tonight. It was an important game. Because not only did the Yankees have Nestor Cortez on the mound, and Cortez has obviously been struggling a little bit. You needed to see a vintage Cortez performance. You got that through his six innings, allowing just two earned runs. So it wasn't just about Cortez, and there's great importance not just in one start, but what it means for the Yankees moving forward. If Cortez can be a legitimate, you know, the, the way that he's been the last couple of seasons, if he could be that legitimate arm behind Garrett Cole or behind Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon in that Yankee starting rotation, if and when Rodon does come back, you saw it tonight. On the road, division opponent, Blue Jays can hit in that ballpark. Cortez basically shut them down. So that was check number one for the Yankees. But overall, it was an important game because we've been talking about how the Yankees have been playing much better baseball and have looked much better in recent weeks. Remember, even when they took two of three from Cleveland, that's when really, I mean, it's been about almost 20 days now, right? We're almost at May 19th here, so you know, 18 days or so, whatever it is. Since, and when Judge went down in Texas, we know they lost three of four, so maybe you want to go back a little bit before that. But really, it started to pick up against that Cleveland series where we were saying, man, what is going on with the Yankees? Even when they look awful, though, they won that two out of three from Cleveland. And you kind of excuse the Texas uh, series because, you know, no Judge was there. So fine, the twin stuff, that's shocking. But anyway, I remember vividly during the Cleveland series where we were looking at this team saying, man, they are, they just look awful right now they look bad and even when they lose though they win because they won two out of three however this stretch of games coming up three with the Rays well seven with the Rays overall four with the Blue Jays and then they had the three with the A's in between we were talking about this being a tough stretch or if not a tough stretch a telling stretch with this Yankees team 
wasn't good timing to have the Rays and the Jays on their schedule. All banged up, although they did get Bader back ahead of that series at the Trop. And even after you know losing that first one, and it seemed like, oh, here go the Yankees, last plays, 10 games back. They showed you some resiliency and fought and won the game on Saturday. Then they had the big lead, but Cole blew it on the Sunday. But even in that three-game series where they lost two of three, I felt like the Yankees proved enough to me that they weren't going away anytime soon, and this team was right there with the Rays. Rays were the best team baseball has to offer. Yankees were right there even though they lost two of three. And then they sweep the A's. Who cares? It's the Athletics, whatever, or the Oakland Pathetics, as we like to call them. It's fine. But then the Rays again. And even though we like the way the Yankees play in that great back-and-forth series and up and down these games, still the only split. So we're judging the Yankees, or at least I am saying, hey, they look great. They could go toe-to-toe with Tampa. But they lost the first series, and they split the second series. This was a series that they had to win. And they always win series. I think it's what now? Five straight series wins in Toronto. The Blue Jays running their mouth. The Blue Jays chirp, 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 chirp. That's all they do is chirp. And they lost three of four. The Blue Jays came in to this series ahead of the Yankees in the standings. I know now, you know, the, the still it was uh, it's one game in the loss column that the Yankees trail Toronto, but they are it's a virtual tie. Yankees twenty six and twenty. Blue Jays twenty five and nineteen. But you look at you know where Toronto was supposed to be with the you know hype coming in going into last season and the Yankees won the division when everybody expected Toronto to win it. This year, Toronto currently at least coming into the series ahead of the Yankees in the standings, and they chirp, 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 and they're home, and the Yankees are still banged up, even though Judge is back and you know they get Bader back, still not a whole team, not even close to it. You got Herman getting kicked out of the game, Hamilton getting hurt. And the Yankees still go in there or up there and take three of four. That's how it's done. Yankees are sending a message. I really feel that the Yankees are going to be the best team when all is said and done. And at, at the very least, the American League. National League, who knows what the Braves. We'll see how the West works out. Dodgers, Padres, whatever. I, you know, I We've seen it now. We saw the Yankees, who were clearly not at their best, take on... Some of the best that the American League has to offer, if not just baseball in general. And they handled him. I mean, are you really afraid of Texas? I am not. Maybe it's a different story come October. Houston, you know, not looking as great as uh, they did, although they're starting to play much better. And they're always going to be a thorn on the Yankees' side until the Yankees prove otherwise. But really, the toughest competition is within the own division of the Yankees in the AL East. And they've handled it. They handled it. And they're only going to get better. They're only going to get healthier. Whether it's Rodon, whether it's Giancarlo, whether it's in the bullpen. And you also know that Brian Cashman, love him or hate him, want to keep him or want to change him. You know he's going to be aggressive in trying to improve this ball club when the time comes. You may not love the way he does it, you know, last year, let's say we wanted them to go all in for Castillo. They didn't want to give up the package that it would have taken, so they end up with Frankie Montas. You know how that worked out. But I trust and know Brian Cashman is going to go out there and make the proper moves to upgrade this ball club. While they continue to withstand injuries, you know, the latest, Trevino going down, he's going to be out. Rortvet, I forgot he was even on the team. Ben Rortvet gets called up to take his plays. 
whether it's Hamilton in the bullpen or the endless others that we mentioned, the Yankees continue to piece it together and they continue to win. Oswaldo Cabrera contributing, moving him all around. You have Volpe hitting a big home run. You've seen him have his impact felt, and they're not even clicking on all cylinders yet at all, any of these guys, but they're at least contributing in a minimal fashion, at the very least. Glaber chipping in with a couple of hits in the leadoff spot. Obviously, Judge doing damage, as he always does. And how about Aaron Hicks? Should we dub this the Aaron Hicks game? Aaron Hicks with three hits, including a big ribby. I mean, think about that. Guys that we had for dead, in particular Aaron Hicks, who everybody wanted off the team, coming through for the Yankees in an important game, early season game, in Toronto. Now, remember, the Yankees are not going to see the Jays. We mentioned it last week in regards to the Rays. The Yankees are not going to see Toronto. Um, the Yankees are not going to see Tampa Bay until the end of July, and the Yankees aren't going to see Toronto again until September. That is a long ways away. So this is the last look at the Blue Jays, and the Yankees go up there and take three or four from Toronto. That's got to hurt the confidence of the Blue Jays when it comes to the Yankees, whether it's head-to-head or in the division. They know now that you know the Yanks got them again in their house. I'll tell you, I know I said it the other day, This is it's so annoying that this is the year of all years that we get fewer matchups within the division. I'm all for the balanced schedule, but I like the... I want to see more Yankees-Jays this year. I want to see more Yankees-Rays this year. This is the year you want to see 19 games apiece in the American League East. Can't say the same for the Mets and the Marlins or Nationals, but for the Yankees, yes. Anyway, the Yankees have... Change the perception. Brian Cashman, at least for now, looking a lot smarter than he did on the first of the month. And maybe those comments about don't count us out were dead on, you know what, accurate. And I said at the time, I may want a a change, but I do think Cashman's right. Do not count the Yankees out. They have now proven that they should not be counted out here. It has been fun to watch. Abraham is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Abraham? Hey, how are you? Thanks for my call. Thanks for um, making it. What's up? I love So I love your enthusiasm that you know we could actually be excited about the Yankees winning. But the whole I, what I want to say is we've seen this the last five years at least. I mean the Yankees have a winning streak, they have a losing streak, they have a winning streak, they have a losing streak. When it comes to the postseason they don't have it to them. What makes you say, and I'm looking for something to help me say it, like that I could believe that this year they could actually beat it and go to the top and actually win the World Series. They haven't changed a lot from last year. They're basically the same team as last year. Let's say if they start winning. Not necessarily. Here's what I think is going to happen. Here's the formula for a different postseason result. Number one, I don't look at the competition in the American League as dominant, scary competition. Basically, for the last several years, it's been one team, and that team is the Houston Astros. And I don't think the Astros are as good as they've been. Now, I said that last year or maybe in years past too, but this year I really don't think the Astros are as good as they have been. So that's number one, just the competition in the American League. Number two, I think guys like Anthony Volpe are going to be a difference come postseason. And maybe I shouldn't say guys like Volpe because there's only one Volpe, but you now have Harrison Bader for a 
a full year. Obviously, he was hurt a little bit, but Bader being back is a difference. Volpe on this team is a difference. Those guys balance things out. You saw what Bader did in the postseason last year, and I do think Volpe's going to be a big-time postseason performer. That, to me, gets me feeling confident. Oh, and by the way, you throw in Carlos Rodon if he ever returns – then the Yankees have Cole, Rodon, and Nasty Nestor. That is a legitimate one through three. Probably the best that we've seen in many, many years with the Yankees going to the playoffs. So I do believe that they are set up now better than they've been in years past for October. Mm-hmm. And you, you really think that the Astros are not going to bounce back and be in the ALCS? Maybe. I mean, maybe they are. We'll see. We'll find out. Long way to go. I mean, the Yankees got to get there, but so do the Astros. And it's it's very possible. But, I mean, do you fear anybody in the American League Central? Um, at the moment, not. Okay, but, uh, right. So I, what about what about the Texas Rangers? Do you fear the Texas Rangers? Not really. Okay, me neither. So we're right ruling now, out right all now them. my worries are the East, to be honest. The worries well, are okay. right now the American League East. That's exactly right, and that's what I was getting at, Abraham, and thank you for the call. I was going to get there. So it's the Astros and the East. And the reason why I'm saying this now, after this 14-game stretch that I thought was very important for this team, where they were going into it, who they were facing over this 14-game stretch. Forget about the three games with the A's, but that is part of the 14 games. You know, you expected they were going to sweep Oakland, and they did. But going into this 14-game stretch where the Yankees were was not a good place. And this was a spot where they could have been buried where I could have been coming on here and talking about the Yankees being in last place, the Yankees being 12 games back of the Rays. You know, they there was a going into that series at the Trop, I mean, I don't think it was out of the realm of possibility to think they were going to get swept. And they should have they could have swept, they should have won two of three. They ended up just taking the one game, but they looked much better than I expected them to look against the best team in baseball. I came away after that three-game series thinking the Yankees are better than this team. When the Yankees get whole, they're going to be better than this team. And again, and then again in the Bronx. Now, it's not to take away from the Rays. The Rays are very good, best team in baseball. But the Yankees more than held their own, went toe-to-toe with them, and that's not a full Yankees team yet, which is why I think eventually they'll be better. And then again, you talk about the East. So we saw what they did against the Rays. What about the Blue Jays? I'm not worried about the Blue Jays at all. The Yankees own the Blue Jays. Three out of four in their house under those circumstances. Herman getting tossed, yelling back and forth, the accusations of of judge cheating. I mean, get the hell out of here with that. And you know this is a competitive series going in. You know both teams wanted it. There's no love lost. And the Yankees got them. That's why I'm more excited about this team than I've been in a while. Now, there's a very, very long way to go. But it wasn't looking too good for this team just a couple of weeks ago. And during this tough stretch, with the way the Yankees were lined up going in, with the rotation being not in shambles, but obviously banged up, the bullpen banged up, the lineup banged up. I know they got Judge back after those three games at the Trop, but still. We're not even looking at a whole Yankees team, and they more than proved themselves over that important 14-game stretch. Now they got to keep it going, obviously. Not going to get any easier. I mean, Cincinnati, whatever. Baltimore's been really good. That'll be fun in the AL East. You know, the other thing is that you see these teams so few times now, it's important that you do some damage. 
and the Rays had a chance to really put the foot on the throat of the Yankees and maybe send a message early on. Had they had they swept them at the trop, had they won three of four, Rays could have sent a message, buried the Yankees, kept them in last place, and had that a, ten, a double digit deficit. Right now, you look at it; it's just six and a half games. That that's nothing. That is nothing. As the Yankees continue to climb the ladder in the American League East, Bobby is calling from Jersey. What's up, Bobby? Hey, how's it going? Good, Bobby. Good, good. I just want to talk about it. I feel like the thing that actually pushed the Yankees over the top, uh, you know, going to this series, obviously, was the Judge thing. You know, teams like this, obviously, they were, you know, on a, you know, they were improving going forward here. But obviously, that whole thing with him talking about his eyes shifting, which obviously was perfectly fine. I mean, I've seen it a bunch of times in baseball when it came to like playing and stuff. You know, you pick up signs all the time as long as there's no electronics. You know, as everyone said, it's good. But, yeah, to me, I just feel like something like that that motivates him, obviously, with covering his eyes after the home runs, I just feel like that gave the team the spark that they needed that maybe can put them on a run here, just kind of a little bit of a fire that was lit under them. Oh, I I think that you're, you're on to something. Now, this is a competitive group anyway, Bobby, and thank you for the call, led by the very competitive manager. Look at that, Aaron Boone, earning the respect of being called a manager now as opposed to a data applicator. I love Boone in this series. Now, I'm going to question his moves because I hate the way he's so eager to go to the bullpen. But still, Boone showing that competitiveness, protecting his players. He's always done that. But knowing the importance of this, this series. And you saw it if you watched the game tonight. And maybe you heard it if you listened to the game right here on the fan tonight. You can see or hear the way the Yankees bonded after this game. Now, I know that they always do the you know the handshake line or the high-five line or whatever, but it was different after this one. This was a big one. The Yankees, this was a statement series. Yanks went into Toronto. All that happened, all the antics, all that bull crap, and they came out winning three of four, and they sent a message, and they know they sent a message. And I also think it did bond them as a group. Judge being accused of cheating, whatever the hell it is that those idiot announcers were saying, and then the you know idiot manager of the Blue Jays and the pitcher you know complaining about it. Obviously, Judge took offense to that, and it's almost like everybody rallied around that, and they come together as a group and compete at a high level against a team that clearly there's disdain for, and it dates back before this year. Manoa and Cole, you know, they beat up Manoa as well, which was nice. Maybe this could not jumpstart them a little bit because it's not like the Yankees needed that. The Mets needed a jumpstart, and hopefully they got that against the Rays. But with the Yankees, maybe this can just be you know a point now where they look back and say that this was a series that kind of launched them to get back to where they need to be, which is atop the division, not near the bottom of the division. And maybe now after trying, uh, tying Toronto, they don't look back. Anthony is calling from Tom's River. What's up, Anthony? Hey, Sal. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. How are you, Anthony? Thanks for making it. Good, good. Yeah, no, I'm agreeing with a lot of your points. You know, I'm a big Yankee fan, too. And, you know, the the Yankees, where they're constructed right now, like, they could only get better, right? Because, like, Stan is on the IL and we're still waiting on Carlos Rodon. Hopefully he can can come back or at least start with this this year. Um, But my biggest thing is, you know, when, when Aaron Boone was hired, I wasn't, like, the biggest fan, but, like, I feel like I've given him a lot of leeway more than other Yankee fans. 
But I just, you know, it's hard to trust him now with some of these decisions. And I agree with you. I think, you know, they have a chance to make a run in the postseason, but is he eventually going to do something that's going to mess it up? Like, you know, last year, I remember in the playoffs, he took Cole out way too early. And even this year, like, the way he handled that whole Clay Holmes situation, like, on the back-to-back starts, like, I just feel like he doesn't have a pulse sometimes in the game. You know, it's almost like as a fan, like, I feel like I can make the, a better decision in that moment than he is. Right. Time, I know? do think he's at times too reliant, and thank you for the call, Anthony, too reliant on the data, too reliant on what the numbers say as opposed to managing with his gut. I thought he handled Cortez perfectly tonight, went to the bullpen. Weber did his job. Abreu had a clean inning. You know, with Weber there, you think, oh, this is where the Yankees get into trouble. To get out of that inning, allowing just the one run with bases loaded and nobody out and preserving that lead, and this is the, not the no-name part of the Yankee bullpen, but Weber and Abreu certainly aren't their top guys. Marinasio getting the job done, closing the game out. And I also think Brian Cashman is going to add at least one reliever, and he's good for one or two a year. The Yankees need a dominant closer. That That is one thing to me. Let's say they get Stanton back healthy at some point. Let's say they get Rodon back healthy at some point. They need a closer. I don't trust Clay Holmes. If you're not going to call him a closer, fine. Get a dominant arm in that bullpen. That is something I believe the Yankees need, and I believe they will get. But I would like to see Boone manage a little bit better, especially come October. I almost said I believe in Boone, and I do to a certain extent with some things. But as far as the in-game managing and that you know getting into that bullpen in the postseason I don't know if I trust him. I'd rather him stick with the starters. Now, look, they got to prove themselves. Cole, you know what you're getting. Uh, Cortez, Rodon, these guys got to prove themselves with the Yankees here. It's just still a long way to go before we get to October. But I could see why you would bring that up as a concern. Ryan is calling from Long Island. What's up, Ryan? What's going on, Sal? How you doing? Good, Ryan. How are you? Doing well. First time, long time. I just wanted to touch on the uh, Aaron Judge cheating subject. I mean, you know, how do you throw, you know, the best slugger in baseball, six curveballs, and then hang one, and then he hits a home run 450, and then accuse a guy of cheating? It's just, it's just nuts, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, do you see the pitch that he hit? I mean, come on. They, they're t- it was a fat, breaking, hanging uh, pitch, and he absolutely crushed it. I don't even want to hear about, oh, they were tipping bull crap. I'm not buying it. And I've heard it from reliable yeah, sources that they. That they were tipping, I, I don't care. I mean, give me a break with tipping it. Tipping or not, you can't give the best hitter. You know, guy just hit ticks as you home runs, and you, you give him a fat meatball down the middle, he goes deep. I mean, I just got done with a slow-pitch softball game, and that's basically what the guy got. He got a, a, a meatball down the middle, and he takes a yard, and then you accuse him of cheating. I just think it's Bush, and, right. you know, it, it's typical Blue Jays BS. You know, they're always looking for and that's why they're losers, led, led led by their manager, who, by the way, their manager calling people fat. I mean, has he seen a mirror? And thank you for the call, Ryan. Uh, dude, dude, Schneider, hit a gym. I'm sure you got one in the Sky Dome. Go find a gym. Uh, and I'm not saying, I'm not calling anybody fat, but he did. I thought it was frat boy that he was saying at first, and then they're saying fat boy. And you're calling somebody fat? Dude, look at yourself. Who are you? You know who you are? A losing manager. Team's a bunch of crybabies. That's exactly the point that Ryan just made that I was trying to make over the last you know few days when it comes to Judge. You want to tell me that the Blue Jays were tipping pitches and IKF hit a home run because of it? All right, maybe I'm open to that. 
do not excuse even one Aaron Judge home run due to tipping. Get lost. Get lost. Judge just continues to rake and abuse the Blue Jays. What do you think? He needs to, He needs pitches to be tipped for him to hit home runs? Come on now. Uh, come on. Since he's been back, he's been on absolute tear. And he could have had another pair of home runs in this game. So what do you end up hitting? Four in the series? Uh, come on. But yeah, I know it was because the Blue Jays were tipping. Jay Jackson was tipping his pitches. That's why Judge went deep. Has nothing to do with Judge with 62 home runs a year ago, mashing fat pitches that are hung over the plate. Has nothing to do with that. Probably just the tipping, I'm sure. 877-337-6666. We'll continue with your calls on the other side. Whatever it is you want to discuss on this Thursday night, starting with the Yankees, we'll get to the Mets on the other side. Sal Akata on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Salakata back on the fan. It wasn't just a good night for the Yankees, also the Mets. It was a great afternoon for the Mets when we last left you early this morning or late last night, whichever part of the show you were listening to. By the way, you can check out any part of the show on the free Odyssey app. But when we last left you, we were talking about the best one of the year for the Mets last night, which was a great comeback win. Vientos with the game-tying homer. Alvarez with the game-tying homer. Alonzo with the game-winning homer. They come back and beat the Rays. They needed to make it stick this afternoon, and they did just that. And the key, you know, and Alonzo hit another home run, his league-leading 16th home run of the year. By the way, how fortunate are we that we get to watch both Judge and Alonzo on a regular basis, not to mention the best pitcher in baseball in Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer, not too shabby, but Mets needed to make it stick, and they did. Tyler McGill had a solid outing, even though the Mets got behind. This was a game that reminded me a lot of the Mets from last year. 
where they got down early. Okay, one nothing, no big deal. They come right back and scratch across the run on the bottom of the first. Then Alonzo uses his power to get them up. Then they give up the lead, and they come right back again and answer the raise in the bottom of the sixth with another run that's manufactured on an infield hit. Like, that's what the Mets did a year ago. And then the bullpen preserved it. So, for me, looking at the way the Mets have won these two games, while the power was great last night, and again today a little bit with the Alonzo homer, I mean, I know it's not as much power as, you know, last night, but still using power to get on the board, the key to me is the starting pitching. Kodai Senga was terrific. He saved his best performance against the best team in Major League Baseball. He basically shut them down and dominated with the 12 strikeouts in six innings. And then Tyler McGill getting the job done against the Rays. Go figure, the one guy who didn't get the job done for the Mets in this series as far as the starting pitcher goes, Justin Verlander. But it was a... To to say that this was an important series win would be a significant understatement. I understand that we are in mid-May. I understand that it's just a couple of games. But this team desperately needed some kind of positive feel. And you could see it in Buck, who was usually even-keeled, zero motion. You can see almost the relief in him after last night's win and then again this afternoon where he's starting to feel like, okay, we're starting to get back to or look like what we did a year ago. Now, it's just two games, but it is two games against the best team in baseball at a time where the Mets clearly are struggling, where no matter what lineup you roll out there, the guys haven't been getting the job done for the most part. And the Mets beat them. They were able to beat the Rays two out of three, which is something that has not happened this off, uh, you know, that often this year. Lose, the Rays losing a series. So it was an important win for the Mets to make that great comeback win stick. And they got the job done. And like we said, a bunch of different contributors for it. And now there's going to be a new contributor for the Mets with Gary Sanchez getting the call up. Look, <laughs> I get that people are going to make a big deal of this because Gary Sanchez was a Yankee. Guess what? He wasn't any good as a Yankee. He wasn't any good as a twin. He hasn't been very good in the minors. I'm going to I'm going to ruin the suspense for you. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. He's not going to be very good as a Met. And I don't even know when the hell you're going to see him in the lineup. I want to see Alvarez catch every day. I want to see Vientos DH every day. Or at least the majority of days. You want to give you want to make Sanchez the backup catcher? Fine. Instead of Michael Perez? Fine. I don't love him defensively number 1, but number 2, all right, he's a backup catcher. Backup catchers, you know what they are? Irrelevant. Backup catchers are irrelevant. Especially when your primary catcher is one as hyped as Francisco Alvarez and is now starting to look like he belongs and like we expected to see him look. So I'm not even going to make a big deal of Gary Sanchez. The idea that it will be on some of the back pages for tomorrow or that this is some big story. What? Because he played for the Yankees? Big deal. There's been a ton of people who played for both the Mets and the Yankees. He was a failure with the Yankees. 
after an incredible start to his career where everybody had Hall of Famer and retired number and Yankeeography on their minds when it, when it came to Gary Sanchez, but he was another one of the disappointing baby bombers. And now the Mets get him off the scrap heap, and there's a reason why he's on the scrap heap. So I can't get excited about Gary Sanchez being brought up here when I know what's going to happen. He's not a good defensive catcher. He is a strikeout machine. He is a failed experiment as a Major League Baseball player. It is actually more sad than exciting that the Mets are in such desperate measures that they had to go get Gary Sanchez. That's what I think of Gary Sanchez. Cracking. Right. Eight seven. And the good thing is it's insignificant. Again, is he better than Tomas Nito? We're going to find out. Nito's one of the you know worst offensive players in the game. When Nito comes back from the IL, then what? I'll, I'll, again, I'll spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Gary Sanchez is going to be cut. That's what's going to happen when Tomas Nito comes back off the IL. He's got basically two weeks here or whatever, 10 days to prove his worth. Maybe they catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe hits a couple home runs, but this is not going to be a long-term thing. Gary Sanchez is washed up. 877-337-6666. Marco, as we welcome in Marco Belletti, is it possible to be washed up if you really never were? Hmm. That's a paradox. Like, like Um, would you call call Sanchez washed up? Yes, because he actually did have a small, quick peak. He did okay. have those two years in the All-Star game. It was a 16 and 17. Came on, the, you know, flying in as a rookie. He was great in 17. I think he had a good 18. And then it just plummeted. Yeah. So, yeah, he okay. actually had a peak. It was just, it was almost like those, like a firecracker. It, it was up, it was gone, it was, you know. Do you know done. where the term washed up comes from? Because I'm not sure as I think about it. Like, what are we talking about washed up? I don't know. But weren't you the one with, like, the, the death nail or whatever? The, the yeah, right. Tools? Well, now... Now I'm thinking about this one. Would so you like I, Webster's I just, now? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know where all these things come well, from. Well, my, my initial thought was like laundry, right? Like, oh, he's washed. But usually if you're, if you're laundry and you're washed, that's a good thing. Connor, do you have any idea where washed up, what that comes from? What does that mean? Um, I mean, my first guess would be like uh, somebody who washes ashore. They're all beat up. You know, maybe ah, they got attacked yeah. by pirates on a ship. Huh. They're beat washed. up, ragged, and that's huh. they're all washed up. Maybe that's what it is. Wow. Washed up along shore. All right, maybe we'll look into this during the update here. A little morbid, here, but... though. A little, little, little turn there, Connor. Good well, being you. washed up is morbid. That's well, how it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things right. wash up. They're not, they're not good. Right, well, when I hear wash, like you do a wash, I'm thinking laundry or dishwash or whatever. But then I thought about it. Well, that can't be it because that's a good wash, right? If you wash the dishes, it's a good thing. Your wife is happy, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> that's a good thing. If you do the laundry, you wash your clothes, that's a good thing. You wash yourself, that's a good thing. If you're washed up, that's a bad thing. So where are we getting this washed up from? Anyway, I think Gary Sanchez is washed up. If we could use that term, then yeah, I think he's washed up. You think he's got anything left, Marco? No, he's done. There's nothing left. <laughs> there wasn't anything there three years ago. Like, What, what makes you right. think that is? Look, d- right. can he hit two homers in a 12-game span and you get really lucky and he hits a buck 80 and he runs into two? Yeah, and you take it and you run. Is there anything more than that? No. he's It's over. It's finished. Right, and that I understand. Done, over, finished, uh, kind of like this segment. All right, we'll get back to your calls on the other <laughs> side, 877-337-6666. Oh, look at this. I just Googled it real quick before the update. Connor was right. Washed up, deposited by the tide on a shore. 
no longer effective or successful. How about that? So it, it does come from, yeah. <laughs> the, college, the college education paid off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if something washed up, I would think that would be no longer successful. <laughs> yes. All right. Washed up. Up. Well, I'm just, that was, no, that was the second one. So you know how they give you the, you know how they give you the, the uh, descriptions underneath it? So the first one is deposited by the, by the tide on a shore. And then it uses an example, washed up jellyfish. Then the next one, it says of a person no longer effective or successful, a washed up actress in this case. How could you be a washed up actress? That's harsh. You could be, be a washed Gary up. Sanchez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You're washed up athlete, yes. Actress and actor, you can't say that they're washed up, can you? I mean, we get great actors going in well, well in their seventies or eighties. I mean, come on. Yeah, I don't know. My Martha Stewart's on the cover of SI at eighty-one years old, so I don't know. If it, can you be washed up? John Travolta's a little washed up. Really? He was in really good movies. Shuttle. His recent movies are awful. Wow. I don't, can, can a broadcaster I mean, be washed up? Yes. Ooh, I think Ooh, so. Yes. yes yeah, we me can. too. Yes, we can. I think so too. That's going to be scary one day. One day. What point we'll, we'll all be washed up. One day, who knows when. Yeah, next week, from ah, Licata, he's washed up. All right, we heard it with those bold opinions. Now get lost, you loser. All right, 877-337-6666. We'll continue with your calls on the side, both Yankees and the Mets. Whatever else may be on your mind on this Thursday night. Right now, let's get you updated. Here is Marco Belletti. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Yankees get a big series win, take three of four from the Blue Jays in Toronto. They'll move on to Cincinnati and take on the Reds before returning home next week. The Mets, they will remain home after getting a huge series win over the best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays. It was a thrilling two days for the Mets. They will uh, take on the Guardians, who will come to town this weekend. I really hope Saturday. I'm supposed to go to that game with my mom. I know it's supposed to be rain. Hope the weather holds up because Scherzer is scheduled to pitch on Saturday. You got Scherzer. You got Verlander following him. I think things are starting to turn a little bit for the Mets. It's crazy to say that after just two games, but it was you know one great win, one really solid win against the Rays, the best team in the league. You just get the feel now with Scherzer and Verlander going this weekend. 
or maybe another series win, and maybe the Mets could start to take off a little bit here and look like the team that they did. My wife just came downstairs and gave me glasses here. I can't. I'm doing the show from home today, and she just scared the crap out of me. I almost just jumped through the microphone. I can't see anymore, and I forgot my glasses upstairs. So I text her to come bring them down to me. And as I'm doing the show here, I'm downstairs in the basement kind of by myself. It's dark down here. It's cold down here. She sneaks up in stealth mode right by the side of me and hands me the glasses and freaked me out. Sorry, I got distracted. Now, anyway, you get the you get the feel that the Mets might be able to you know take off and look like they did a year ago and start winning some of these series as opposed to you know losing five straight or whatever it's been here to bad teams in particular. And that's why we started the show by saying New York baseball is back. So is my eyesight as I got the glasses going. Hey, look, Charlie and Beth Page is on the line. What's up, Charlie? Now, how we doing? What a difference in uh, two days of Mets baseball. Because I was miserable. I was in Miami for my kid's graduation last week. And watching them down there, it was just like lifeless ball team. And last night, it was electric. The the fans were into it. The body language of the guys, the, the vibes are good. And that was a big turnaround. And again, we go flat today. We don't win today's game. Last night meant nothing. And they came out with a win. And it's a good start. I think it could be a big turnaround and good things to come in the future. I expect our top pitchers to get back on track. Verlander had a, I mean, Verlander, uh, what's his name, had a bad start the other night. Uh, yeah, Verlander. Verlander, yeah, Verlander. And um, you know what? Good things are going to come in the future. I mean, we got another series. Let's win Look at you, Charlie, series. I don't even know who I'm talking to anymore. I can't recognize the voice. You're talking all these good things about the Mets all of a sudden today. Hey, when good things happen, we get excited. I mean, I lost my voice last night. I couldn't even call you last night. I couldn't even talk after screaming like I was last night. Did you and, go to the I mean, game or were you just screaming from home? I was screaming from home, and it was it was good to see a game like that. The bench was coming out. Everyone was pumped, and it was good to see that. It was like you said, last year's baseball team. I looked like I was watching a team that won 101 games last year, and let's hope we could turn it around. All right, Charlie, I'm with you, and thank you for the call. Good to hear some positive thoughts from you. For a change? No, but the the truth is, all kidding aside, that when positive things happen, you're right, it's easy to look at, man, we really are uh, overreacting, aren't we? It's easy to look at a team after two good games like that against the best team in baseball. I, I do think it would be different, let's say this was the Reds. We'd be like, all right, well, big deal. They did what they were supposed to. But the way that it happened on Wednesday night, the comebacks, with who? You know, Vientos, Alvarez, and Alonzo with the monster home runs. So the way that it happened, Kodai Senga dominating against the opponent that it happened against, and then following it up with the win today in the way that they did a tight ball game, different fashion, where it was more, you know, of scratch across a couple of runs. Uh, It's amazing how just two games can change the entire feel um, of a team. It just changes the field. Mets still under 500. Hopefully that changes after this weekend, whether they sweep or take two of three from Cleveland. I mean, I would expect that to be the case. Cleveland's not a very good team. And you got Scherzer and Verlander going, so we'll see how it plays out. But maybe now the worst, maybe they finally did hit rock bottom and the worst is over. Is that possible? Because think about the alternative. We could have easily been talking about the Mets getting swept by the Rays. I don't think anybody thought going into this series the Mets were going to take two out of three. I thought it was – I would bet that most people thought, hey, just don't get swept here. Just don't get swept. 
John is calling from Staten Island. What's up, John? Hey, Sal. What's up, brother? Love the show. Thank you, John. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so I think the, the Mets need to need to build off this series. They need to need to let the kids play. They need to bring up Mauricio. They need to move McNeil to the outfield. Let these underperforming veterans worry about their job and let's go because they brought up Vientos. He immediately performed. Alvarez looks better. Let's let the kids play. Let's go. Yeah, but it's not just about the kids, John. You understand that, right? I mean, if you say Vientos, what do you think? Vientos is going to hit home run every game he plays? No, not at all. But let's light a fire on these guys' butts because, look, Tana, Marte, they haven't been doing great. You know, if you get complacent, and the, the, Mets, the Mets should not be under 500. They should not. So we, we yeah, got to bring, bring these kids up. And you see, like, the Braves, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, they bring up these guys and they immediately start performing. Why can't that happen for us? Well, I mean, first of all, it's different organizations. That's number one. And thank you for the call, John. I can't stand – got to be honest with you. I can't stand calls like that. I can't stand the talk of that. And I know that that's a lot of the fan base. So I'm not picking on John here. I understand why he's saying what he's saying. To me, it makes no sense. Think about it for a second, what you're talking about. The team with the highest payroll in Major League Baseball history, and all you could talk about is bringing up the kids. Let the kids play. Let the kids play. Bring up Mauricio. Like, what do you want to see? The AAA Mets? You want to bring up the Syracuse Mets? Is that what you want to see? All the minor leaguers? So let's say they bring up Mauricio. Who's next? Who do you want next? Can you even name me the next guy? Because I couldn't. I mean, what, what, Danny Mendek? Is that what we're going to look at? You want him here? Lindor's not hitting. Who do you want to replace him with? I got an idea. Why don't we just bring up Mauricio? Forget about left field or second base. Why don't we just bring up Mauricio and have him play shortstop? Light a fire under Lindor. Bring up Mauricio. Bring up the kids. Let the kids play. Bring up the kids. You know, I'm watching Brett Beatty. I mean, am I not watching properly here? Like, where exactly is Beatty tearing the cover off the ball? Vientos had one big hit, and that was a big hit. And it was in his first game this year. So I'm not going to knock him. But let's not make it like Mark Vientos is the next coming. Come on now. Alvarez, it took him how long to finally start to look like he belongs in the big leagues? How long has it taken him? And what's he hitting? You guys are all excited about Francisco Alvarez and Brett Beatty. What are they doing? Alvarez is hitting 218, 218. And you can't wait to bring up the young guys. Brett Beatty, after ripping the cover off the ball in AAA, is hitting 241. Now, I'm not saying I'm knocking Brett Beatty. I like him. And same thing with Alvarez. But they're rookies, and they're rookies for a reason. Like, there, there are struggles that go along with being a rookie. Look at Anthony Volpe for the Yankees. He's probably the best example. You can't have a better spring than he had. And while Volpe has been contributing, he's hitting 215. So what do you think is going to happen with Mauricio? Or what do you think is going to happen with Vientos long term? You rip Lindor and say, say that he sucks and he does, you know, this year, has this year. He's hitting 229. He's still better. Than anything you're talking about. Mark Canna, 227. Stalling Marte, 238. Beatty, 241. Alvarez, 218. Just to give you some, you know, the averages. Just to give you some perspective on it, for goodness sake. Like, it's not just about the kids. 
And it's exciting for the unknown. I get it. It's exciting to see the kids. You can't play all rookies. And the bigger picture point here is that if Lindor, if Alonzo, if Marte don't hit McNeil as well, if they don't, and McNeil's only, you know, he's not even hitting 300. For him, like 270 is not good. If their big bats don't get the job done, if Scherzer and Verlander don't get their job done, you know, pitch to a high level every fifth day, it doesn't matter what the Mets. Do you understand that? So Vientos is basically insignificant. Mauricio, insignificant. Now, I hope Vientos rakes. I hope they give him the everyday uh, DH spot. I'm tired of watching Daniel Vogelback or Tommy Pham in there. But it's insignificant if the top players are not going to produce at a high level. So the answer is not just, oh, bring the kids up, bring the kids up, let them play, let's bring the kids up. And they've brought them up. When is it going to end? They're all here except Mauricio. Like, there's only eight spots on the team. They've brought up three rookies. <laughs> Come on. Jason is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Jason? Hey, Val. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks for making it. What's up? So, uh, I, you had a caller on before that was, you know, calling into question uh, some of Boone's decision making. And honestly, I couldn't agree more. I mean, big series win in Toronto, obviously, but I feel like this series kind of brought back some of the feelings that I've had in terms of the Yankees just being almost the superiority complex being lax. And I'll tell you why. Coming into this series, you know, bottom of the division, and you sit Bader and you sit LeMay, two of the hottest hitters. We're at the bottom of the, looking up at Toronto, and they decide to sit two of our hottest hitters. I mean, it just feels like they're always – Yankees are always I, lax. Like, they're always – I hate when they do like that. They, they are, I, they, I hate, they, I hate when they do it, but – they they think, Jason, that they're smarter than everybody else. They want to give these guys rest. They're picking the perfect spots to do it. That's just how they operate now to a point where I don't even acknowledge it because what are we going to complain about? It's going to happen regardless. They do it all the time. And mind you, we're going into a series against the Reds with an off day. So it, it literally does not make any sense at all. I, it, like, yeah, they got the win, and like obviously that's great. But they just always have this sense. It's like, Oh, the, the championships, not championship. And, oh, Boone saying, oh, you know, the the, the, divi the division has really closed the gap on it. Like, it's always the sense of superiority when we haven't been to the World Series in nearly a decade. And I'm like, I don't understand why we think that it's like the championships are just owed to us. At, at, at some point, it doesn't make sense. I mean, it may be dramatic on my part, but I really think that kind of has an effect. It's like you come in and you just think that, this is what's supposed to happen for the Yankees, and it's like it clearly hasn't in a long time. I really don't. I, but, I, but what is one? I don't understand what you mean. Like they're supposed to win the World Series. It's supposed to happen. What does that have to do with how they use the lineup day to day? It's more of just a sense that like there's no urgency. It's like moves like that where it's just like oh we'll we'll get back in and we'll be fine. It's like there's it just pretty much for the past couple of years it just feels like. You know, we'll we'll come out on top. Like, you know, we're just that team. I I mean, I don't know if there's maybe there's not as much of a connection as I think, but it just it's, it frustrates me, and it has been frustrating me for a while that they just 
Again. One thing one thing that I like about, and thank you for the call, Jason, one thing that I like about the way Buck Showalter runs out his lineup, if you look last year, you know, this year's been different because guys aren't performing, but I guarantee that once they start to perform, it'll be a consistent lineup. You'll see minimal, minimal changes in the lineup, just like you saw a year ago. It was You basically knew what you were getting. It was old school. Where I used to walk into Shea Stadium as a kid, I knew I looked up at that scoreboard, the big scoreboard in right center field. I knew what I was going to see, who was batting leadoff, second, third, fourth, fifth, and so on. And you knew last year what the Mets, at the very least, top of the order was going to look like. Maybe versus a lefty, it was somebody else in the five or six hole. Maybe versus a righty, it was somebody, you know. Outside of that, though, you knew what you were going to get. With the Yankees, it's, I I have no idea what we're going to get. Who's resting today? Which three guys are going to be out of the lineup today? Who's moving around? But that's by design. They want to give guys rest. They like moving guys around. This was predetermined, probably, where you move Cabrera from left to right, left to short to right. Okay, we're going to use Oswaldo in these games and get him in there, and we'll use this guy here against it. It's it's predetermined matchups. I guarantee you, and I don't know this to be factual, but I'm going to shouldn't guarantee it, but I'm going to guess that Aaron Boone already knows his lineup through the, at the very least, Padres series. <laughs> I guarantee you they have it mapped out, mapped out weeks ahead. Which it should not be like that in baseball. That is an issue that I have with the Yankees. But, I mean, you've learned to deal with it. That's not going to change. That's how they operate. 877-337-6666. We'll continue with your calls on the other side. Sal Akata on the fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Big wins for both the Mets and the Yankees. Have not said that nearly enough so far in this baseball season. Mid-May, you know, approaching Memorial Day here. We're a quarter of the way through the season as it continues to plow on. And finally, you know, it took a it took two great games from the Mets to have us start looking at them differently. And the Yankees have been playing better for a couple of weeks, but they take three of four in Toronto. Finally, both teams starting to look a little bit like we had hoped they might look before the year started. Ari is calling from New Jersey. What's up, Ari? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, got you. What's up, Ari? Hi. So um, I just wanted to, to, to just, just add my little two cents to today's, uh, today's Yankee game. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think this was a great, a great moment for Aaron Hicks to, to redeem himself. And I think every, you could take a look. You could take a look at the uh, at the camera shots. Everyone, everyone in the dugout was just going ahead, and you could see that 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 big gigantic grin on their faces right as he hit it down. Um, secondly, secondly, well, I mean, his teammates, yes, yeah, teammates are going to be happy for him. You know, here's the thing: Aaron Hicks, when John Carl Stanton comes back, assuming he does at some point, you know, maybe the trade deadline, the Yankees got to upgrade there. It was a nice night for Aaron Hicks. 
you, you can't trust him moving forward. It's over for Aaron Hicks here. So while he is contributing here and, and you know, the last, uh, I don't know, obviously last night or tonight he had a, a nice game and he's been better as of late just in general. But come on. I mean, Aaron Hicks, when the Yankees go into the postseason and hopefully go on a World Series run, you do not want to see Aaron Hicks anywhere near this Yankees team. Of course, of course. Secondly, back by um, I, I forgot what the what the guy's name was before who, who you just had on. Um, I think it was maybe two ad breaks before. He uh, he he was going ahead and he was arguing over sending sending all the kids up, sending all the kids up, right? Mm-hmm. See, but that's only coming off of that's only coming off of seeing Volpe excelling at what he's doing, and he he's he's making history right now, and the Yankees. He's hitting two fifteen, bro. Yeah, that's making history and excelling. No, 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 no. Right as he came on for for a guy his age. Hold, hold on a second. I'm confused. You said that the caller before wants to bring up the young guys because Anthony Volpe is making history. No, 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 no. no. I didn't say that. I said he was. I said he was probably just just going off of the fact that Anthony Volpe. He and I think I'm saying he was going. I think he was going off of Anthony Volpe. Right, but what about Anthony Volpe? He's just performing really greatly. He's hitting two fifteen. That's really great. I mean, I know the batting average isn't. And thank you for the call, Ari. I guess you're not going to respond to that. I know the batting average isn't the number one thing. No way in the world do the Yankees want Anthony Volpe hitting 215 with an on base of 307. It's got to be way higher than that. Way higher than that. Offensively, he's not performing. He's had some moments. You know, the home run tonight, huge. He's had some big hits. He's been great when he gets on, stealing bases. You, I mean, you, you can't. You said he's historic. He's been performing great, or whatever the adjective you use. I forget what it was, but Volpe is struggling offensively. He's going to be much, much better offensively than what we've seen so far. He's a good ball player, Volpe, but he is not playing to the level that we expected to see. He would be an example of to curb your enthusiasm or curtail your ex- expectations for top rookies or top studs coming out of the minors. Volpe dominated spring training, and he has not carried that over into the big leagues, which is fine because you see improvements here and there. But let's not make it like Volpe's going nuts with a robust 215 average. Mark is calling from West Palm Beach. What's up, Mark? How are you doing, Sal? I just How want you, to clarify... Before I talk about being washed up, I called about the, the slang washed up. But the guy before me just said something. Volpe's exciting to watch. He's fast as all hell. He knows the game. He's been taught well. He's got seven home runs. Jeter only had ten home runs at first. I'm not comparing to Jeter, but Jeter was a lousy fielder in the minor leagues. And Volpe is hitting the ball hard. 
He's got some tough outs, but I don't want you to answer that. I want to talk about the term washed up, if I may, okay? Well, no, hold on. I, I want to talk about Volpe. Nobody said Volpe's not an exciting player. I love Anthony Volpe. I think he's I a great ball player. I love watching him play baseball. I think he's going to be the difference for this team come October. But let's not make it like Volpe is tearing it up up here. He's not. I, he's had his I impact did. felt at times. He's hit some big homers. He's hit the ball hard on occasion. He's gotten some big hits. He's also made some you know, bad plays defensively, making some errors. You know, Obviously, you talk about the speed. We've seen him, what he's done on the base paths. He looks like a rookie. He's still learning the big leagues, and I think he's going to be great, maybe even as early as this year, but he's not right now. I agree. I just want to talk about the term washed up. That's why I called your producer. It goes back to the, the 1920s when in Broadway, when an actor was done with their career, they washed their face off. They washed their makeup off. They were washed up. They never put their makeup on again. And whatever happened to them, that's the term, the uh, euphemism washed up. Hmm. I didn't see that one uh, when I looked it up. Well, you know, like a quick Google search and it's in, in the right. dictionary. Have a good night. Oh, yeah, thank you, Mark. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I it sounds like it makes sense. I'm trying to look up a little bit more. Where did it come from? Where did the term, let's see, where did the term washed up? I mean, I like the, yeah, here we go. I like the idea of the, you know, the shore thing before. Huh. Interesting. Here's one of the first things that pop up when I actually type that in. Where did the term washed up come from? 1923, the expression washed up meant no longer effective. This sense comes from washing up after finishing a job. There you go. Good job, Mark. So maybe it's not just washed up along the shore. Comes from washing up after finishing a job. Like you're done with your job, you wash up. Hmm. Interesting. Learn something new every day, most days. Ben is calling from Long Island. What's up, Ben? How you doing, Sal? Good, Ben. How are you? Just to address what two callers ago said about being historic, he is being historic with the stolen bases going 13 for 13. I'm not sure if that's what he was referencing or if he thought that the guy was hitting 345 or something, but his 13 for 13 definitely is historic. Well, I mean, maybe, but I'm not saying that Anthony Volpe has had a historic start to his big league career. That's You could use no. that word if you want. I'm not. I don't care how many stolen bases he has. All right. You heard about the new judge cheating scandal? What's that? The Blue Jays were saying that judge was looking at the pitch before it was thrown. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. You know, he Matter of fact, his eyes before the pitch. Yeah, how great would it be if Judge went up there with a blindfold for one of these at-bats? I wouldn't doubt that he could sniff the ball and still hit it into dead center field in Toronto and break another one of those Maple Leafs out there. No doubt. Clowns. Complete clowns. Agreed. But the truth is, what I called you about is about a month ago, I was feeling really smart, so I decided I'm going to call Salicata and see what happens. I said that the Mets should go and get Gary Sanchez. I get ghosted, hung up upon... See you later. You, you went to Val right after. I remember you went to Val. And Val said, Val said you're not going to answer that? He's like, no, utter garbage. You're not talking about that. What do you, what do you think now I'll bring him up? I, did you hear what I just said about Gary Sanchez before? No, I missed that. Oh, you got to go back on the Odyssey app, Ben, and thank you for the call. Go back on the Odyssey Rewind app. It's free. And check it out. But I'll say it again. Gary Sanchez is washed up. It's a waste of time. I do recall, I don't recall that it was you, but now that you say it, I do recall taking a call on it, and I don't think it was a relevant point then, and I 
it, while it may be relevant now because he's coming up, but I still don't think it matters long term. I don't think Gary Sanchez is going to be here in two or three weeks. Gary Sanchez sucks. He pretty much always has sucked. He had a couple of years maybe where he was hitting some home runs and everybody wanted to fall in love with him. I've never liked him. Defensively, offensively, striking out a ton. You obviously like his bat as far as when he was at his peak with his pop. But I've never, Gary Sanchez to me has never lived up to the hype. And I thought the Yankees had to get rid of him. So And they did. And what has he done since? Nothing. Full out of the big leagues. Did nothing in Minnesota. Goes to the minor leagues. Did nothing there. And now the Mets, to me, reeks of desperation, trying to find some kind of power and maybe thinking they could catch lightning in a bottle with Gary Sanchez for a little bit. I don't, I'm not sure what the thought process is. But if you think that Gary Sanchez is some kind of answer for this team, I don't know what to tell you. Now, you could make the argument a little bit better before Francisco Alvarez started to look better at the plate. But even then, what are we talking about here? So how do I feel about Gary Sanchez now? The same that I said when you called whenever that was. I feel the same exact way. The only difference is now that he's actually here, it's slightly more relevant. Slightly. I'm intrigued to see when the Mets actually get him in the lineup and how often we're going to see Gary Sanchez play. I would bet right now, where are we at? May 19th almost. I'm going to say that Gary Sanchez will be off the Mets. Let's see. Uh, He will not see the Yankees in the Subway Series. Gary Sanchez won't make it. At the very least, he will not see June 12th. Where does that give us? One, two, about three weeks. Three weeks max for Gary Sanchez. That's my bold prediction for the night. Lou is calling from Astoria. What's up, Lou? Hey, Sal. How are you? Thank you for the call. How are you, Lou? Listen, I like your, your take on Volpe, but let me tell you something about, first of all, Gary, Gary Sanchez. That decision, the only reason why he's coming back is because Sean Walter decided to take a chance on the man, okay? Nobody no, not Sean Walter. Epler. Billy Epler. No, nah, Epler doesn't even count. I think that Sean Walter's in charge. This is not like no, he's not. Candy. No, he's not. No, Lou, listen, where are you getting your information from? No, he's not. Because, because let me tell you something. Sean Walter is a manager that makes a decision. He's consulted. Not no, like he's not. Like no, he's well, not. That's, you, you, that's Lou, belief. hold on a second. Do you think okay, that um, Buck Show? Oh, no, all right. Do you think that Buck Show Walter wanted to keep Luis Guillorme, or do you think he wanted to send him down to the minor leagues? Uh, I think that Show Walter. I uh, like the guy, but right now he has no choice because all these prospects. No, no, you're wrong. Right Buck Showalter wanted to keep Luis Guillorme. He was not happy about no, it. Point is, that's just one. That's just one example. This, this is not. This is a Billy Epler move. This is a Billy Epler move, not a Buck Showalter move. Well, let me ask you something about the Bobby situation. You were saying, if Gary Sanchez had the same beginning as Bobby with the Yankees, was at the time. Would still be would he, would he be still playing for the Yankees? Yes or no? Because as far as I know, Volpe right now, okay, you said it, thirteen seven base with people call, calling historic. 
this is not the real game anyway. And right now, stealing bases, it's not realistic anymore. Anybody can steal bases right now. He hit, like Agreed. He said, he's hitting 215. He actually, look it up, I'm not sure, but I know he leads the Yankees strikeouts, okay? Now, he started to make errors right now. And this idea that because the only reason why he's still playing is because he's playing for the Yankees. If he was playing for the Mets, he'd be already in the minors. What do you think? Am I, am, am I making it up or am I stupid? What is his oh. idea that he's historic? Are you kidding I, me? Well, well, no. I mean, you heard what I said to the caller. I don't think he's yeah, had a historic okay. start. I agree with you. I'm yeah, I like, you I, I like Volpe. I like, I'm not sure like you, why you were tying in Gary Sanchez to it. Make contact. We don't need you to be lunch angling. Everything that every swing that you you lead the league strikeout. That's ridiculous. Right. Well, well, he's a rookie, Lou. He he's a rookie. I think he's I think he's going to be. Hold on, Lou. I'm, I got, and thank you for the call. I, I hate when you talk over me, Lou. I mean, please let me. I'll let you talk. Let me just talk, and then we could have a conversation. The more you try to talk over me, the more it makes me want to hang up on you because then I have to talk. And the, to do so, if you're not being quiet, then I have to hang up on you. But I appreciate taking the time to call in. I'm not sure why you tied in Gary Sanchez to Anthony Volpe. Wh- which one are we talking about here? You want to talk about Sanchez or Volpe? So if we're talking about Volpe, yes, I'm in agreement with you. It is not a historic start. However, there are some great things that you see about Volpe that you love. I watch him. I see a kid that's a rookie. He makes some rookie mistakes. He'll have some rookie at-bats. But when you see him going well, it is a thing of beauty. And it gives you great hope and excitement about what will be in the near future. Hopefully at some point this year, maybe in the postseason. They made the decision. Volpe is their shortstop. And I thought that when he got off to such a bad start, I was thinking, man, if this continues much longer, they're going to have to send him down. You just can't keep doing this. And he worked his way up. He worked his way out of that funk to where now you could see, all right, he's not clicking the way that you want. It's not a historic start by any stretch. It's not the way that he was performing in spring training. But you see some signs there, and he's doing enough to impact them in positive ways to where he's not going to be sent down. He's going to work it out here at the big league level and get through it and be better off because of it. I love Volpe moving forward. Easy to fall in love with him. If you love watching baseball and you like watching baseball players play baseball, there's not enough of those guys in today's game. Volpe's one of them. He's fun to watch. So you could see where all the rave reviews came from. But we need to see it now consistently at this level, which I think we will at some point. It's been six, seven weeks, whatever it's been. I'm not going to pick on him. And the Yankees did it the right way, where with the Mets, it's they're bringing up all these guys, and it's not necessarily their own fault. It's because all the guys in front of them have struggled. But they're bringing up all these guys to essentially be their saviors. It was like, oh, my God, they have to bring up 80. They need something. Bring up 80. Vientos, oh, my God, they need a change. Bring up Vientos. Alvarez came up out of necessity because Narvaez got hurt. A little different than when you look at what the Yankees do, where they have an entire lineup, especially when healthy, but even when not fully healthy, they have an entire lineup that could get the job done. It's not relying on the young kids. And notice they're not relying on four or five of them at once. Or three or four of them at once. 
877-337-6666. More of your calls on the other side. Sal Akata on the fan. Sal Akata back on the fan. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Going till 2 a.m. on this soon-to-be Friday morning on the fan. We've almost made it through another week. You and I together. How about that? Talking sports. Isn't this fun? Emmanuel Barbari will take you through the overnight at 2 a.m. So it's me and you on the phones. Until then, Will is in New Rochelle. Good morning, Will. Or good night, Will. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it. Appreciate it. Uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the young guys. You know, the Yankees and the Mets are both in a similar spot where they got some young guys that are exciting and people want to see, you know, the media's throwing, hey, let them play, let them play, let the kids play. The best time to let young guys play, prospects can only be prospects for so long. you got to give them ABs at-bats in April and May. And it's kind of letting – I actually kind of disagree with what you say where the Mets are expecting all these young guys to come in and be their, quote, saviors. I don't know. They're just looking for production. And with the Mets, for example – Nobody's hitting. Like you said, Lindor's hitting 225. <clears throat> McNeil's hitting 270. Alonzo's doing his thing. But the rest of the guys that they're paying aren't hitting. And Eduardo Escobar and Daniel Vogelback, if you talk to Mets fans, I don't think people want to watch them every day. So right. they're looking for production and they're looking for impact. Beatty has won them a game. And right. Francisco Alvarez hit a big home run last night. And, you know, that kind of also ties into Volpe, too. Like, He's been productive, but there's growing pains with him. He's a rookie. He's hitting 215 in the New York market. Right, but it gets – well, forget about the New York market. They, they are in the New York market. So it's not like, oh, well, hitting here you – know, hitting 215 in the New York market is better than hitting 215 somewhere else. 215 is 215. So I'm not worried about that. I'm talking about where Volpe could get away with it because there are going to be learning curves. He's one guy in a lineup full of otherwise studs for the most part, especially when they're healthy. The Mets cannot, and that's due to different circumstances. Narvaez gets hurt. Alvarez is up. Escobar doesn't perform. Beatty's raking in the minors. He's up. Nobody else is hitting. Vientos is raking in the minors. Now he's up. They've got three of those guys in their lineup who are going to be asked to be saviors of some sort because the Mets need offense. That's the difference. Yeah, and, you know, that kind of ties into I don't ever look at a prospect as I want you to be the savior of my season. You know, when a ball club is throwing $330 million at Francisco Lindor, they're kind of letting them, hey, you know, we kind of need you to wake up. You're not a 230 guy. His first two years in Cleveland, he hit over 300. But it's on the guys that they paid. Marte's got to be better. Lindor's got to be better. Like when the Yankees – it, had, it has to be Glaber's got to be better. DJ's right. doing well. Rizzo's been great. Volpe, I mean, look at Julio Rodriguez. Would you regard Julio Rodriguez as one of the best young players in the MLB? Absolutely. He's hitting 211. He's got more strikeouts than Volpe. And he's got. They have the same amount of home runs. You know, he's still right. Right, but but he will. I'm not sure where you think that I'm knocking Volpe. Where did you get that I'm knocking Volpe? 
Oh no 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 um not not you oh, at all, we could, but um well because oh, right because I'm saying we agree like we're in agreement and that's kind of my point about when the caller calls up and talks about the Mets bring somebody else up I'm like no it's not about them it's about Lindor Marte Alonzo McNeil it's about those guys to your point with the Yankees it's not about uh, it's not about Volpe it's about Judge and Rizzo and getting Stanton back and Lemayu obviously you want Volpe to be a contributor but ultimately it's about the guys who have been here the non rookies that are expected to produce have to do their jobs. Glaber's another one. Do your job, and the Yankees will be fine with Volpe taking some bumps as a rookie. Exactly. And I'm, I'm going to do two more points. I don't want to talk your ear off. But um, with, uh, with the Dodgers, you know, they're very similar to the Yankees and the Mets. Big payroll. They play two rookies every day. They got an outfielder, Outman, and they got this shortstop, Miguel Vargas. They're both producing, but they're not asked to be saviors because Freddie Freeman's hitting 315. Will Smith's one of the best hitting catchers in the league. Mookie Betts is Mookie Betts. Max Muncy's got 15 home runs. It's on the guys that they're paying. You won 100 games last year. And I do kind of think you made a great point. The Yankees do predetermine their lineup. You can kind of tell with the off days, but DJ's had some injury issues the last two years, and Bader's lucky to play 100 games in a season. So you have to do that. I think the Mets have done that a little more this year, and you can see a little riff with them and Buck. But we haven't even played a full COVID season yet, so I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> I like the way you put that, Will. Good call. We appreciate you checking in. You get back to us. Yeah, it is different for the Mets this year with Alana because nobody's producing. So Buck's trying to figure it out, whether it's moving Marte down, moving guys in, moving guys out. Uh, and, and the Mets, by the way, have been a lot healthier than the Yankees. Not that they have been healthy because they haven't, but the Mets lineup, for the most part, has been healthy. It just has not been producing. Nemo, Lindor, Marte, Alonzo, McNeil, those guys have been healthy. Escobar, Canna, Pham, Vogelback. This was their lineup. The only spot that they got hurt in was Narvaez. And that led to them bringing up Alvarez. But my point is about those guys, yeah, Alvarez has had some moments and helped them win. But the expectation for him is way, way more. Same with Beatty. The expectation is much, much higher. Now, I look at Beatty as a legitimate bat, but where's the impact bat? Are Beatty and Alvarez going to turn into that this year? Volpe has shown that to you know at times he could be an impact bat, but obviously not consistently enough. But the bigger point is you want to have, like the Dodgers or like the Braves did, you want to work these guys into an already made lineup and then have them contribute before them taking over more, you know, more of an impact part or more, uh, more of a significant role. The Mets, due to circumstance of nobody contributing and one injury, they've had to call up three of these guys now. Believe me, that is not what they had in, in mind in mid-May. If you were to say that Alvarez, Beatty, and Vientos would all be on the team by May 18th, not to mention Gary Sanchez, uh, you'd I mean, you'd be thinking, uh-oh, it's going to be an awful year for the Mets. And it hasn't been good, but they're still, everything's right there in front of them. They're one game under 500, no big deal. They're six games out of the division, also no big deal. John in Marble is calling from New Jersey. What's up, John? Hey, what's happening, Sal? Listen, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. And uh, we, I, I was with my friend Ruben, big Mets fan last night. We tried to call in, couldn't get through. Uh, I wanted to say, you know, 
I know one game in the middle of May doesn't do too much, but the way and the people who contributed to that comeback win last night, okay, uh, I think, I, you know, I'm really excited. I think this may be the sport that we need. Agreed. I mean, and to me, the more important thing was that they made it stick this afternoon. And the, the, and thank you for the call, John. Appreciate checking in. They made it stick with that win this afternoon. But the way that they won last night, coming back three different times, the guys who did it, Vientos, an impactful game-tying two-run homer to get the Mets on the board, give them some life. Alvarez, an incredible home run, three-run homer, down to their last out, down three runs to tie it in the ninth inning. And then, of course, Alonzo with the big game winner. The guys who did it, the way that they did it, who they did it against, that was a springboard-type victory, and they made it stick with the win this afternoon. We'll come back and take more of your calls the rest of the way. 877-337-6666. Sal Licata on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.